first time in two and a half months we're rolling. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy, and we know that we are super behind and we are really, really, really sorry, but there was an Im- unimaginable amount of things that just happened in the last two months, and so, um, you yeah, know, we're I, back at it. I'm not even sorry. I needed that break. <laughs> it was nice, um, although, like, it was... I, I got married, if if nobody knew. I got married. I'm now a solo. Um and uh Which sounds silly because yes, like you're actually a duo, but you're a solo. I know, but we so we changed our last names to solo, so you know, Katie Solo. It sounds so cool. It's a great radio name. Um but and then unfortunately I had uh a close um a close friend go past so uh, i took some time on that as well so we're back we're my, good my ass just needed hey. a mental break uh but we're here we got a good one katie chose this one because we were gonna do this on halloween uh, yeah we're really sorry about that and that <laughs> didn't work out but here it is what's the film Oh, it's uh, it's trick or treat. Danger. It's one of mine and my husband's. My husband's. That's so crazy. Uh, yeah, this is one of our favorite movies. We watch it a lot. Uh, we've even done costumes. Like I have a Lori costume in in like the. We'll get to this in a minute, but in the in the red white red red Riding Hood. There we go. Um, in her costume, and then Andy did one of he did the vampire kid on the bus. We found a really good like replica mask of it and now it's like all the rage but it took us forever to build those costumes back in the day i was just about to say the director was super surprised at how big those like the eight kids costumes got they're Uh, awesome though but yeah it's because it's like an old school traditional costume i think um but yeah no i think we're we're gonna get into this because i really love that stuff so We'll go into detail when we get there. I've seen this movie once. Well, once in like a tenth. Because we started it together uh, the night before Katie got married. And we both, like 20 minutes in, pretty much we fell, fell asleep. asleep. But well, okay, so I have to I have to admit, Andy and I do um, put this movie on a lot when we're going to bed. And so, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm conditioned to fall asleep during that movie. But I did go watch it in theaters on Halloween. Because it was the first time it was ever in theaters. And that was really fun. Yeah, which is freaking wild. So it was, this movie first showed in 2007, right? At a bunch of film festivals, they premiered it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it never got an actual release. So the first time it got like a theater, theatrical release was October 6th of 2022. Yeah, I went and saw it on Halloween because I had nothing else to do. Pretty cool. I love seeing like quote unquote retro movies in theaters. It's yeah. such a cool experience. I got to see uh, the Princess Bride in theaters. That was oh, so that's cool. cool. But I don't, I don't love theaters. But you know, it's it's okay. I it's 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 a I like to be at home situation. Although I do, I I was that person during COVID that would order the popcorn from the theater, and and like I was just about to say I like home. the theater snacks. <laughs> that's yeah. why I go. I hate the. Prices. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for the the popcorn and andy knows it but that is besides the point we're gonna get back into this 
Trick or Treat. Not to be confused with another movie that's on Tubi called Trick or Treat. This is Trick or with apostrophe R Treat. Real quick, uh, uh-huh. I just wanted to mention that there have been a lot of good movies that came out this year and TV I shows. I found out why. Tell me why. Because they got pushed. No, I don't know. Well, I- okay. So you know, you know, um, you know Blumhouse. Yes. Blum- we love Blumhouse. So they've been trying to push to get more horror movies coming out, and it's become kind of like the new. You know, it's it's kind of the new thing, um, pushing more more horror movies and creating more horror I've movies. I've definitely seen more horror than like romantic comedies. Yeah, I think. and uh, so Blumhouse and um, I'm blanking on the name. Holy shit! Warner Brothers, Paramount. I think it's Universal. That could be no, it too. no. Sony. Marvel, Disney, Disney and Blumhouse. That would be a great combination. They should do that. (laughs) It'd be kind of like a Bendy and the Ink Machine twist. That's what they should do. They should remake, instead of just remastering all the Disney movies, like the childhood cartoon ones and making them real life, but stupid, they should remake them into real life, but like horror movies. That would be great. There you go. Okay, so I was right, and I didn't want to like say it if I was wrong, so I wanted to double check, but I was right because I'm, I, dude, I love my James Wan. So, Jason Blum, who has created Blumhouse, James Wan, who, as we all know, has been one of the most amazing uh, directors out there, who also has his own production company. Well, they're combining and making a new combine or a new production company. And they're going to try and put out a bunch of horror movies. Because um, it's Blumhouse is known for the low-budget movies, but seem to be making good money from them because they are they turn out really good. James Wan is wonderful. And uh, so they're trying to put it all together, and they're going to try and put out some more movies by creating and combining their companies, basically. That is awesome. So there's still going to be, like, Blumhouse, and there's still going to be James Wan's, um, but um, James Wan, I believe, is called Atomic Monster. Atomic Monster. Which, okay, cool. That makes me think um, of Dis- uh, Disney. Buffy was like, arr, arr. Yeah. So, so they're still going to have their own production companies, but they're building, they're merging with a new one, so they're creating a third. Um, I'm interested yeah, to see what that name's going to be. I am too, and I'm really excited to see what comes out of that because I'm not even gonna lie. Like I love Blumhouse movies, and I love James Wan. He, uh, he's wonderful. So since we started this, I've like learned how to be able to tell who's what in things. Mm-hmm. Like I can watch a movie now and be like, "Hey, that looks like that movie. I wonder if it's the same director, like the way that it's filmed or whatever." Um, yep. Or there's like a shot that's just. Yeah, particular, and I'm like, wow, this looks like a James Wan type of shot, and then I'll Google it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, he was a part of this, I knew it. But yeah, uh, there's a movie on Netflix that I haven't watched yet, but it's a James Wan movie, and I didn't know uh, until like I the trailer. Do you know how the stupid auto trailer thing plays? But uh-huh. it's called There's uh, Someone Inside the House. It actually looked really oh, good. I, and then as soon I haven't as I saw seen it, that, James but Wan. I passed it. Yeah, yeah. I was like. Well, shit, if it's James Wan, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I know, that's why I was like, oh, I should probably watch that. 
Yeah. Uh, well, there's another movie on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix, anyways, because they did The Ritual, right? That's their film. Yeah, th- yeah. Yeah, I love The Ritual. So the same director who did The Ritual took another. S- so The Ritual is based on a book, and that oh, okay. guy has written a bunch of stuff. Um, so the director from The Ritual took another one of his books. And made it into oh, a it's movie. Oh, like a Stephen King kind of situation. Who and that one's called No One Gets Out Alive, I think. And okay, we watched it. It was good. It was fucking weird. Like same as the ritual. The whole time you're just like, what the fuck is happening? But it's good. Oh, so right, I recommend right. that one as well. It's I'll like a building it. one. It's just like the ritual. Like it kind of slowly builds, and then all of a sudden, like it's a shit storm, and you're left being like, what the fuck did I just watch? But it's good. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday came out and apparently it has the I, highest. I started it. It's got the record number of hours watched in the first week or something. I yeah, it beats Stranger Things, which is kind of amazing. I still haven't watched it because I want to be like in the zone. You know, I want to have my snackies. I want to theater it at home and watch it with all my attention. Smile. But yeah, Wednesday. I want to see that. Yeah. Or I want to finish that. I, it's really good so far. I think I, I'm five episodes in or something like that i'm excited i know we had our doubts but it looks like they pulled through and did exactly like what we they've wanted. got some they've got some good jokes in there that like throw back to the original and like the other and like the um angelica houston movie and stuff the one yeah. that we grew up on so it's it's in, it's entertaining it's inter- it's it doesn't look exactly like a tim burton film but you know it, it it's really cool in its own way I mean that's fine. Yeah. Uh, smile. It's looks, good. Looks good. I haven't watched it, but it's on Paramount or something right now. I think. I think it's on Peacock. You're right. Same with Nope. Um, Nope is out. Yeah. Just to, just gonna say, Smile, fairly predictable. Um, just you know, just nope, one of those. Not predictable. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. Sh- I have not watched that yet, and I am dying to watch that. It's I'm good. waiting for Andy to get home, and then I want to watch it tonight. Nope is one where, like, it seems very straightforward, like, on the surface. Like, you're watching it, and you're like, okay, I get all of this. But I feel like there's a lot of, like, underlining artistry going on that is above my understanding. Uh, above your pay grade? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited <laughs> to hopefully do that one someday and actually read about some of that stuff like what he had intended and what that was meant to be and other people's theories and whatever because it seems kind of like wild but I'm like there's a meaning to it and I just don't get it but I like it Hmm. (laughs) it's good watch it watch it uh there's a new tv series version of Anne Rice's interview with a vampire that every time I see I I think of you another time another thing I've started but haven't finished it's pretty good so far actually I, I actually really enjoy it um the guy that plays Louis is just wonderful um That's and I mean the guy the guy that plays Lestat is pretty cool too but yeah. is Louis the Brad Pitt one or the Brad Pitt yeah okay no yeah. Brad Pitt Tom Tom Cruise cool oh yeah I know interview like uh interview with the vampire like the back of my hand I even have the book I was gonna say you read the book right oh yeah oh 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 yeah you bet uh i Anne rice is wonderful i love that woman there's also a new uh another Anne rice book being turned into a tv film or a tv show and i can't think of what which book it is that really is a new category tv film where it's Mm -hmm. those hour-long episodes (laughs) but uh 
last year looking that up. The only other one I wanted to mention was a movie called Nanny, which is supposed to be really good. Um, I heard of that one. Oh, okay. I got it. Go. Oh, uh, it's called, it's the Mayfair, <laughs> Mayfair Witches. Um, it's got, uh, uh, what's her face that I really enjoy. Uh, Alexandra Daddario, I think. I think that's how you say her name. She's a phenomenal actress, and she was in, like, the Texas Chainsaw movie. She's been, been in, like, the Percy Jackson movies. Um, I I love her. She's been in Why Women Kill, which is a wonderful TV show. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, I, at the time of writing these notes, put it as an upcoming movie, but it's, I think it's out now. But the, uh, uh, Violent Night film? I don't think it's released yet. Oh, okay. Either way, it's about to come out. Uh, it's got uh, Hopper from Stranger Things playing Santa. I thought it was like a Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night thing, but I just saw a trailer for it, and it's actually Santa Claus, like, protecting a family. No, yeah, it looks awesome. It <laughs> looks so good. Um, the trailer was like, uh, what is what the fuck is that Christmas movie where the kid gets left behind? Home Alone. Oh my gosh, Home. I just like said it. It was like Home Alone meets something else meets something else. And it looks okay. Good. So it comes out this weekend. It comes out on Friday the second. Yeah. So it'll probably come out the day we release this episode. <laughs> yeah. So it comes out today. <laughs> There's Hopefully. rumors of some like dark version of the Grinch. It's Guillermo del Toro, uh, I believe. So, I am not convinced that it's real. Because people said it's releasing everywhere for free in December. No official release date. I haven't seen a trailer for it. I think it's... It's called The Mean One. I think it might be a hoax, personally. You you think? I think so. Uh, I'm hoping it's not. But it might be. There is a trailer... Did you find one? Because when I was looking, I could not find one for the life of me. Oh, I got you. Hang on. Let me send this to you. Uh, Yeah, it's called The Mean One. I just want... There's also, while she's sending me the links, I'm going to watch it and you're going to get my live reaction. Uh, there's It's okay. I want to do that too. Conjuring movie called The Beyond that's supposed to be coming out soon as well. The movie poster looks really enticing, so... But those are my updates okay. on horror. I couldn't find things. the chat thingy. There you go. Does it say when it got released? It's not released yet. Uh, no, the, yeah, the trailer. Oh, God, that was Remember loud. that story. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm watching it with you. Okay, everyone. I'll have to cut it out, actually, because they'll That's be fine. able to hear it. <laughs> But okay, that's fine. I'm gonna pause this recording. We're gonna watch this trailer, and then we'll come back and let you know. Can you? It'll seem to you like a blip. Yeah. So, it the trailer just dropped yesterday. We'll link it. That's why it wasn't there when mm-hmm. I was looking. Okay. Uh, it looks good. I'm actually. It looks. 
It looks so dumb, but it, I'm gonna watch it, of course. It's gonna be. It's a. It's not meant to be like a serious horror. No, right? it's it's totally. It's it's called. It's a parody horror. It even claims it to be a parody horror. Um, uh, the director is Stephen Lamorte. Something like that. Comes out December 9th in theaters. Um, I was reading the comments while it was playing. Uh, it says the Grinch is going to be played by David Howard Thornton, who played <laughs> the clown in Terrifier 2. Yeah. I, I believe it's the same clown, so Terrifier and Terrifier 2, which apparently is a horrifying movie. Uh, there's also another movie, I just read this in the comments, called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not excited for that at all. I think that's going to be out fucking rageous. But that's also because I grew up with Winnie the Pooh, both the original and the remake. Oh my god, of course I'm going to watch it. But so, apparently also in the works is Bambi the Reckoning. They're trying to turn all these kids movies into horror movies. So the comments are just people recommending kid movies to turn into horror movies. Um, one of them is Cat in the Hat horror version. Which Oh dear that movie. god, that would be horrifying that movie is terrifying all on its own you're right uh yeah it looks good yeah so there's a lot of stuff coming out <laughs> it looks stupid there's a lot good. of stuff out there's a lot of stuff coming out um I'm yeah super, horrors super horrors kind of making a comeback uh all right let's refocus Trick or treat. So, yeah, let's get back into our movie. Cause now I that know we just did a 20 minute talk about new stuff. A gush over the new shit that's coming out. I know. It's just more films that I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to watch. We can't keep up. But, like, especially, no, oh. we can't keep up. Like, and that's so new, much going on. The new, the last Halloween came out. Uh, oh, Halloween ends, dear. Yeah. I haven't watched God, it. God, do I have fucking words about that movie. When we when we do that movie, it's going to be a lot of, um, of oh, God. We'll get there. But anyways. Oh, yeah. So trick so, or treat. Trick or treat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here for. It was released on December 9th, 2007. Does that um, make it a Christmas again. movie, technically? No, because Hocus Pocus was released in like July or January or something. Or not January. It was like July or something. So fine. Be that way. Uh, it has nothing to. There's no Christmassy in it. It's there could be for all you know. I'm just kidding. Uh. Anyways, it, yeah. So it did not make any films. It was screened at film festivals, like we said earlier, and then it went to straight to DVD on October sixth, October sixth, twenty nine, uh, two thousand nine. Apparently, I don't know what year I'm <laughs> reading. Um. But yeah, it got its first theatrical release this year in October. It was super fun to see in theaters and in the big screen and really loud. And I had popcorn. <laughs> um, there is a collector's edition that was released back in 2018. And that has some new extra content, which I would love to see. But uh, I have two copies of just the normal DVD. <laughs> I will hopefully get back to you on what that new extra content is later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to... I mean, I would love to own that, so we'll see. But... Where did you watch it? Uh, That's a weird. Sorry, I lost. Uh, I have so many tabs open, and I clicked out of it, and I couldn't find it. Okay. Uh, so as I said, we started watching it the night before Katie's wedding, and then we both crashed because basically we hadn't slept in many moons. But uh, yeah, I ended up finding it 
online, uh, so it's not actually streaming anywhere. <laughs> no. Uh, but I did find it on something called Billy Billy TV. It's B I L I B I L I dot TV, and it looks like it's just like a YouTube, but movie. Yeah. I think it like is a different country's YouTube, and they have an English section, which I think Ooh. is where I watched it. But it That's was like awesome. good quality and stuff. Don't shut it down, please. Uh, but it was fun. It was good. So, uh, this film is described as an anthology comedy horror. It's uh, it's got a comic book. I think it's. I don't remember if it's based off a comic book. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. <clears throat> but the uh, answer is it was, it's not based off a comic book. No, but there is a comic book that's written after it, and I believe Andy and I own it. I don't know. We have a lot of comic books. Um. But it is directed and written by Michael Doherty, who also uh, directed the 2015 Krampus, which is my all-time favorite Christmas movie to watch, besides we, the the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. We did that almost a year ago. We Yeah. It's, it, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so good. The gingerbread men are my favorite thing in the world. But um, for this film, he won a Fright Meter Award as Best Director and was nominated for Best Screenplay, which is super cool. But uh, he also did win... Um, the Screen Fest Audience Award in 2008. And I would agree, this movie's phenomenal. But it took until, like, the last three years for it to get, like, super popular in, like, spirit Halloween stores and stuff. Because <laughs> now it's everywhere. Well, I think it took a long time for people to view it. Find because it. They, yeah, they, uh, they couldn't find it. Or he, didn't know about it. He showed Universal or whoever it is uh, the video, and they weren't thrilled about it, which is why he could only show it at uh, festivals until 2009 they like shelved it basically yeah and then he kept pushing for it so they put it into a dvd which then just grew this massive cult following huge following yeah like like katie said all of a sudden you started to see you know all the masks and everything kind of like you know with hocus pocus it wasn't a thing for a long time and then all of a sudden everyone saw it and then all of a sudden they were everywhere so yeah yeah I do like, I'm, I'm the hipster that does say I've loved Trick or Treat since the day I found it, which was way back in, like, 2009. <laughs> so, you know, hipper style right there. But uh, the film is described as five intertwining stories all taking place on the same night or same Halloween night. Uh, so the timeline jumps around a little and so you got to keep the which story is right. Uh, so we're going to present the story um, kind of one at a time and not necessarily in the order that it occurs in the film. But we're going to tell the whole story as is kind of in the way that it follows. <laughs> there's a lot going on, but it's really great. Yeah, there's like places where they overlap and we'll mention it. But like Katie said, yeah. it'll be one succinct story at a time and they'll flow, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, spoiler alerts, there are supposed to be, like, surprises in this film. Uh, twists, that's what they're called, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to ruin those. So if you haven't seen it, stop now. Go watch it and come back. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it. So, intro credits. Um, a lot like Midsummer, in the beginning of the film, it kind of lays out all the events that are going that are going to take place by using broken fragments of the comic book pages and flashes of like comic book art, which is really, really cool. Um, plus, I love the art in it. It's it's really pretty. It is, yeah. I was hoping it was based off a comic book. 
because the art was so good. Yeah, but I guess it was built after. So just as good. You can uh, you can watch the opening credits on YouTube, and I mean, if you want to do it, it's cool. I liked it. Basically, it'll be watching the whole movie. Yeah. But I did try and find out who drew the comics Uh that were included. And I couldn't find the name of the person who did, like, the comics included in the movie. Uh, But I know that... Did you say... Did you pronounce it Doherty? Yeah. Okay. Uh, That Doherty created them i think initially and then he took them to an artist who like actually cleaned them up and made them look the way he wanted to that's fair and he did create those comic pages specifically for the film uh there were comic reliefs after the film like katie said that he Mm -hmm. also contributed to and a second storyline was released in 2015 along with the krampus movie uh, which came out with its own set of comics as well wait krampus oh yeah, I didn't. I'm going to, I'm going to that. find that. We missed that one, but uh, they overlap. Krampus and Sam are the oh. trick or treat universe. Yeah, they merge them in those comics. Ooh, that's awesome. That's how they merge? It's okay. You totally just hit your mic and it like. I did. I'm sorry. Did this beautiful musical echo my, chime thingy? I think my nails hit the uh, spring thing that's on it. Ah, uh, makes sense. Because what's a mic without springs, I guess? I don't have springs. Uh, but <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Doherty has a thing for comic books. His works have included Superman, Godzilla, X-Men, everything that is like comic book circles, you know? Damn, that's cool. He did an interview with Nerdist.com. I mean, he says this in all of his interviews, basically, because everyone asks him the same questions. But uh, he said that the opening scenes were inspired by horror comics he read as a kid, such as Creepy, Eerie, and the Hellraiser comics. Andy and I have all the Hellraiser comics. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Nope, not at all. that, That is Andy's favorite horror movie. Again, at some point, we'll watch it. We'll go over it. The new one's out on Hulu, and it's fucking cool. It's it's weird, but all all Hellraisers are fucking weird. So, but I liked it. Does it continue it, the story, or is it its own thing? It's its own thing because it's a it's like a different pinhead because the pinhead is female. Mm-hmm. It's I I was skeptical. It's really cool. Uh, anyways, anyways. Uh, so the comics say things like four tales of horror and. Sawin, also known as All Hallows' Eve, also known as Halloween, which is a, 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 a quote from uh, Trick or Treat. These are comics that are in the beginning opening credits, by the way. Yeah. This is the one night when the dead and all sorts of things roam free. Uh, don't let the jack-o'-lantern go out. It will protect you. These, they, these were all like... Um, sorry. Those traditions were started to protect us. Then it proceeds to show all the scenes from the film in the co- or from the film in the comic book form. So, I mean, you will be watching the whole film in if you watch the intro on YouTube. <laughs> but it's it's really cool, and those I love those quotes. Um, and thanks to the comic intro, we know that the stories do take place in Warren Valley, Ohio, 
and uh, I, I never thought I'd ever see this in my entire life, but I love Ohio. <laughs> my heart is in Ho Ohio, guys. Isn't that a song? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was just making sure they knew that you were quoting a song, because obviously I knew that you were quoting a song. Anyways, the director was also born in Columbus, Ohio. It appears huh. a lot of horrific things ha happen in Ohio, according to scary movies, TV shows, and probably real life. There's like a lot of stuff themed there. Yeah, Ohio's really big for their Halloween, for like Halloween and stuff, which is really cool. Uh, by the way, the song is Hawthorne Heights, Ohio is for Lovers, if you want to go watch or listen to it. it okay. Anyways, back to the movie. So, starting the story with the principal, Steve Wilkins. I love his name. Steve Wilkins. Steven. Wilkins, gosh, show some goddamn respect. You're right, it is Steven. Uh, it starts with a boy named Charlie smashing pumpkins on the street. Asshole. I hate when people do that, just saying. Uh, this kid's played by Brett Kelly, who uh, was the elephant stuffed animal loving kid in Bad Santa, if you remember that, although he's older in this one. Uh, Eventually, he stops at the, pr uh, the principal's house, who catches him trying to take all the candy that was kind of just sitting in the bowl on the front porch like people leave, which Izzy and I totally did when we were kids. Oh, I did that oh. this year, and oh, some good, high school good. kids, like right as we were walking up, I saw them dump, it was like a full thing, because we don't have a lot of kids in our uh -huh. neighborhood, but they dumped a whole candy bucket, and part of me was like, I fucking hate you, I will hunt you down and murder you, that's my candy. The other part of me was like, Thank goodness, because I would have eaten all of that tonight. So I have so much fucking candy, and I wasn't here to like hand it out because we were at the movie theater. That it, um, I, it's bad. It's super bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of grateful they did. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, he stops, tries to steal all the candy from the bowl, and obviously Stephen Wilkins walks up on him. So they talk for a minute. I love that he says, don't waste a good lie on this, or something like that, because it was clear as day. But the man gives him a chocolate bar, which he eats, and this is when he's talking about uh, All Hallows' Eve and the traditions, and uh, then, bum, ba, da, ba, big surprise, and spoiler, uh, the, the candy bar was poisoned and Charlie dies. Uh, he pukes all over the front. I want to do... That is a Halloween decoration, dude. That's that's the scene that I want to do as a Halloween decoration where the kid has, like, it's like a blood trail into the house. And then if you, like, open the door, you have, like, blood over you. Like, you've, like, murdered somebody and dragged them into the house. Like, I think that'd be such a fun Halloween decoration. And if you if you have a house where, like, you have a window that's right next to the door, just putting, like, some handprints. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, So someday I'm going to do that. Probably just dress up directly as Stephen Wilkins and do that. So uh, this terrible, creepy principal is played by Dylan Baker, who is uh, a wonderful actor. He's currently in the TV show The Resort, and he's also been in Blind Spot, uh, Blind Spot, sorry, Extremely Wicked sho and Shockingly Evil and Vile, uh, which is the Ted Bundy movie, and he played a Utah prosecutor in Hide and Seek. No, he which played a Utah prosecutor in the Ted Bundy movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. But he's also sorry. in Hide and Seek. Which scared the living shit out of Izzy when she first saw it. <laughs> hey, you were scared too, okay? I remember we were watching it really close to the TV and both of, both you and I like got up on the couch and like got back as far as we could after one of the scenes. It it's a, a movie one. we'll do later. That is a good movie. I really like that one. Robert De Niro, man. 
beautiful man. Dakota Fanning had multiple endings. Yeah, and she was a little kid, so, you know. Anyways, while he was uh, taking the body inside, some of the kids uh, came up. One of them was dressed as an angel, a pirate, and an alien, which is an interesting costume, and she's wearing headgear. <laughs> Uh, they show up asking for the pumpkin as they're trick-or-treating, and they think the blood-covered Principal Wilkins is just a part of his costume. You know, just like I want to do, because yeah, it's, it's a cool idea. What is it that Wednesday says when they're like, what are you for Halloween? I'm a homicidal maniac. They, just, they look just like everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> That's what that was. Oh, man, I love that movie. Anyways, so following the kid... Uh, following the little kids out from trick-or-treating, there's a little kid in an orange footy pajamas and a burlap sack with a scarecrow, like, face cover, like, covering his face kind of thing. Burlap sack, sorry. Yeah. It's, uh, he's got a burlap sack, uh, like, mask that looks kind of like a scarecrow over his face, and then he's got, a, like, burlap mitten kind of things. Or not mittens, but fingerless gloves. This is Sam. I love Sam. <laughs> uh... And this kid takes the candy as he's walking away. Uh, he's he's dragging his trick-or-treating bag. Uh, and he pulls it down the stairs, and you hear cat noises coming from the bag, which is hilarious. <laughs> and the principal, like, doesn't think a thing about it. No, he, he like, he gives it a questioning look, but just turns and closes it. I'm sure he was just like, fuck, I have a dead body behind me. I need to deal with it. All you hear is this, row, row, row. Yeah, so there's cats, although it's clearly not a very happy cat. That's a happy cat in in the in the video screen that I'm looking at right now. Um, one of the orange cats that Izzy has that I still don't know how to distinguish differences of. That's a fish. <laughs> Little fish. Uh, yeah. So there is cat in this movie, at least a little bit of. Uh, there's also a cat in Smile. Just saying. So you know, part of our alley even more. Uh, so Wilkins ends up burying the kid's body in the backyard, and big surprise, not really big surprise, it's not just Charlie's body that's getting buried back there, there's a couple more kids uh, that are that are being buried, and uh, this kid that you kind of see has what might be a clown costume on this, like, because you see the sleeve, and it looks like kind of like a clown costume with a, a glove, or not a glove, um, but like frills and stuff. I that's tried, how you get to see. I tried to like pay attention throughout the rest of the movie because, like we said, time jumps around to uh -huh. see if I could see the kid that it might be. Uh huh. But I got so enthralled in what was happening that I stopped remembering to look. So I personally never could identify who that kid is supposed to be. Now I am not. I'm not 100% sure on this because I think I don't think this follows in the timeline properly because um, Stephen goes to the parade after this happens and you see this the kid later on but you know the three kids that happen to witness everything sure so yeah he's a he my favorite part of that whole scene when he's burying his kid or burying his kid he's not burying his kid we'll get to it so uh while he's burying this kid and these kids, there's multiple kids in that um, pit. Uh, the neighbor's dog, his name's Spike. Hold on. You said something about three witnesses that might be one of the kids? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, uh, throughout the whole film, there's three kids that are walking around trick-or-treating that end up seeing everything um, from the first death. It's those three kids that walk up, and then they all run away and drop their candy. Um, they go trick-or-treating to um, Spike's house, the owner of Spike's house that I can't think of the name of at the moment. Um, you see them... I think, okay, so one of them is a clown, but it's not the same costume. Okay, I, I, I didn't know for sure. I think I, but I checked. It wasn't the same costume. Okay, okay. So, there we go. Problem solved. So while he's burying these kids, you hear the neighbor's dog come outside. His name is Spike, and he just Spite. starts barking. Is it Spite? I thought it was Spike. It's Spite. Oh. Well, Spite. It sounds like Spike. Uh, he comes out and starts barking continuously through this hole in the fence. So the principal, uh, his quick his quick thinking is, let's cut off the kid's finger and throw it for him. Because <laughs> now there's evidence not buried. <laughs> I mean, the dog would have eaten it. So it's a fair, like... I mean, that's, yeah, okay. But uh, the kid's not even fully dead, by the way. Uh, so he tosses the finger to the dog. And then the dog gets called inside by this grumpy-ass neighbor. Uh, so Wilkins finishes his, uh, like, murdering the kid, buries it, and then he plants a tree on top, which is really cute. <laughs> and then, uh, but while he's burying this, I just gotta say this, while he's burying this, his kid comes out of the window and he goes, Dad, I'm back from trick-or-treating! And Stephen's, like, trying not to call attention to his backyard. And then he's like, go watch Charlie Brown. And his kid goes, Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> I love that. I love that little kid. And he goes, Billy Wilkins. That poor kid is just, so fucked. Uh, that poor kid is so cute as like a little child. Um, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. So he finishes up murdering the kids, buries them, goes inside. Billy, who wants to carve uh, the eyes of the pumpkin, because he's really excited. He really wants help with the eyes. Well, it turns out the pumpkin that they're carving is Charlie's head, which is in the basement. Um, so yeah, this kid's this kid's gonna be fucked up and continue on being fucked up for the rest of his life. He has no idea like what he's doing. Like he clearly is just like so disassociated by how evil whatever they're doing is. Um, he yeah, was raised around that. So his dad's probably been doing this for a few years. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I wonder how many trees are buried in the backyard, or, or uh, planted in the backyard. Like what little mounds they are. How many yeah. They are. Yeah. Uh, so Billy ends up asking if he can go to the party slash parade with his dad, and he says no because he has. He goes, "Daddy has a date." Um. Gross. Yeah. Uh. So with that, we're gonna skip to the next story, which is titled "Surprise Party." And. <laughs> Chronologically, I believe this is where the whole evening starts. Is 8 p.m. at a mm. costume shop under like this really cool full moon. Yep. So there's four girls, and they go into the shop and they uh, all buy their costumes, and they get dressed up for this party. One of them is, uh, or I guess so the 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 party's in the sheep's meadow, which. Once you get to understand the end of the story, you know. 
it, I think it's kind of cool. But these girls are as followed. So there's Danielle as Cinderella. She's played by Lauren Lee Smith. Uh, she's in a show called Mutant X and a bunch of other stuff that I don't really know about. Although, you know, for impressive that she's been in a lot of stuff. Her friend Janet, who is dressed as Bo Peep, played... <laughs> I love it. She. I don't know if you noticed this, but on her... Uh, on her sheep's staff, what is that called? The hook? A hook, yeah, sounds great. The hook, the sheep's hook. Uh, there's a there's a flask. <laughs> there's a flask attached to the hook. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. it's pl- uh, She's played by Monica, is it Del- Delane, do you think? Sure. Sounds Delane. Uh, her first big film was Agent Cody Banks, if you remember that from when I was a child, <laughs> when we were children. Uh, she had a role in Supernatural and was in the Lost Boys, The Tribe movie that came out a while ago. Uh, their other friend, Maria, who is dressed as uh, Snow White, she's played by Rochelle, is it Ates? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's A-Y-T-E-S. Please tell me how to pronounce that. I don't I don't want to mess it up, but I know I just if, fucked it up, so I'm sorry. If they want to come on the show and correct us, they are more than happy to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rochelle, come, uh, come on over. Uh, come hang out. Uh, she is... She, I'm in love with her. I'm in, madly in love with her. She is a goddess. Yeah, she's... Um, so she's been in uh, White Chicks as the reporter. That's where she's I thir- remember her from. Denise we, al- uh, we also memorized the dance and broke my collarbone doing uh, the dance to that one of the dances to that movie. The no flip. Re- no regrets. <laughs> it was worth it. Uh, so she's been in White Chicks, Thirteen Graves, Criminal Minds, The Purge TV series, which is kind of good. Uh, the Lost Boys TV movie release back in 2020, which I never saw. Um, and she's also the voice of Rochelle in Left 4 Dead. In Left 4 Dead. No, Left 4 Dead 2. I'm sorry, Left 4 Dead 2. I was thinking of Zoe, who was in the first one. Left 4 Dead is one of my favorite video games on this planet. Uh, forever and always will be. And um, I love Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. They're the best ones. It's the only video game I've ever really played. It was with you. And it was Consistently. basically you just running in going, follow me. And then me going, how do I fucking turn this thing? And then... Shoot. Turn and shoot. Turn, just spin and shoot. Just spin and shoot. Pretty much. Whenever you get the hordes, yeah. Oh yeah. And don't run into the witch. Oh god, I want. I'm gonna go play those after this. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do. The boomer noise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So finally, you get Danielle's younger sister Lori, who is who what I dressed up as. Um, she is forced to dress as Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, and and uh, her sister and her friends tell her that it's a tradition that the Virgin wear on Halloween when they attend this party. So, apparently, they've done this a couple of different times. Uh, Lori is the one and only gorgeous and loved Anna Paquin. Uh, She has won an Oscar and had 15 other wins and 59 other nominations, all for her roles in The Piano, True Blood, of course, X-Men, and X2. Which, which, uh, sorry, Brody directed X2, so that's Mm -hmm. cool. Um... And the movie watched in elementary schools all across the nation. Fly away home. <laughs> <laughs> she was um, also in the movie She's All That with Freddie Prince Jr. 
mm-hmm. and uh, her name was Mackenzie, and I mm-hmm. remember being so excited because that was like the first and quite possibly only time that I've ever heard my name as someone else's, especially on TV. I was so stoked. I know I've heard it in other things, but now I can't. I can't like bring attention to which it's what it was. It's become a far more popular name since then. But when I was growing up, the, it was not. Oh yeah. Oh big. yeah. No. Nope. It was no Ashley. Let me tell you what. Oh dear God! So many Ashleys out there. Uh, she's also in one of the joke openings to Scream Four, which <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. And most re- recently, a mini series on Peacock called A Friend of the Family, which I can't wait to watch because that shit. If you know the story about what that's about, it's a whole fucking shit show. They also made a documentary to accompany it. Yes, and cool. the doc- I did watch the documentary, but okay. I want to watch this show. So the that's documentary is crazy. The way to do it. Respectfully yeah. And really. Yeah. So Lori seems less thrilled to go to this party as her sister and her friends keep talking about it and finding, you know, finding her a man to to lose her virginity to, which I can imagine that was fairly embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> later her sister calls her and says that uh, she's at because her sister went to the party and left Lori to try and find a guy to go with uh, they're at the party in the woods and uh, her sister says she's got a man here for her and my favorite is she's like is he attractive and she's like he's nice <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a fairly large man in a baby costume which is uh, and he was like half passed out yeah, and uh, uh, a man dressed as babies is not uh, not a thing that I um, am, am down for, personally. I don't think anyone should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you I'm know, kink- you do you, but... I'm, I'm uh, kink-shaming. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you do you. Like, I, uh, it's just not a thing that I will uh, ever do. Um, I don't even want my own children, so... <laughs> so, on her way... Oh, wait. Yeah, okay, okay. I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. So, on her way to the party, Lori ends up getting a, getting attacked by a man dressed all in black with a black mask on. Very and like Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, except for not on the side of the face. It was just the, the top half. Yeah. He, need, he needed mouth access because, uh, well, this man had killed a girl earlier in town at the parade and party that was happening uh, by biting her neck and all over and leaving her to bleed out in an alley. Uh, so, you know, that was nice. So, turns out that Lori isn't helpless because she's a fucking badass. And the party is actually just a bunch of female werewolves who will uh, lure men into the sheep's meadow where they transform and murder all of them uh, in some sort of really... Is there the coolest striptease like, thi- like party situation? I love it. Where the girl puts her leg up on the log and just rips her her uh, her leg skin off. Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking cool, you guys. It's uh, that's like the biggest twist for me in this whole movie was where they're like, oh, the virginity is actually just killing somebody, and you're all werewolves. Got yeah, it's it. it, it's ta- it's like taking your first victim kind of deal. And they just lure men to this. They use their feminine yeah. wiles to lure all the men and murder them. Well, also, I think it's funny because if you think back to when they were getting dressed, they were talking about how they went out with sailors the year prior and, you know, that she ate some bad Mexican. And I'm like, oh, shit, she ate a Mexican man or woman. I don't remember if what they were saying about her, them. Uh, 
and I just you, you relate to it later and I think it's fucking great that they played on that yeah it's definitely something to rewatch because then you'll yeah. catch all the little things they were saying uh, there were some other things they were saying like uh, 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 oh she's the runt of the litter and stuff like that so. yeah yeah. Um, also, uh, just really quick, in when they're getting dressed in that scene where they're all getting changed in the dressing room, there's a kid peeking into one of the dressing rooms. That is the little kid. It's the only time you see his face, but that is the little kid that actually plays Sam in his this movie. His name is Quinn. I put it down far lower. But yeah, his sorry. first name is Quinn, and we'll get to like that. But yeah, he they gave him like a special little spot so that you could see his face. He's a great little actor. So, anyways, back to this. Lori's considered a virgin because she hasn't turned uh, turned and killed anyone before. So, there you go. Uh, so, she makes this man in black her first kill. And it com- guess who it is? Surprise! I'm going to give you a chance. I don't know what you said, but it's Principal Wilkins. <laughs> Just know you were wrong and it's Principal Wilkins. Unless you were right, in which case, woo! So, this guy not only murders children... Uh, which, like, I can understand why he hates children because he's the principal uh, and children are fucking awful. But, uh, not saying they should be killed. But, no, like, no, 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 that makes no. sense. And then I'm assuming he hates women because his wife left him at some point and that is why he is singularly raising his son. Do you think his wife left him or his wife died? Um, I think she was probably having an affair because he seems like the kind of guy who's just fucking miserable in his life. And, and then, then maybe he killed her. And then maybe he killed her, and that's why he goes and out. That, and that's what triggered everything. But 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 we we did it. We uh we did it. We solved Good it. Job. That yeah. was a mystery. The world did not know that it needed solved, but we solved it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So then, Doherty said in a Twitter post that other he than I gotta say, it's really fast. He mentions my favorite. My, it, it, Ginger Snaps is my favorite werewolf movie out there. It's incredibly cheesy, but I will forever love it. This was one of those like weird universe comes together kismet moments because before I did the research for this, I watched what's that werewolf movie I messaged you about? The Cursed. You watched Cursed. Sorry, it's yeah. just called Cursed. It's I got watched... Christina Ricci. It's just called Cursed. Yeah, I watched Cursed, and I had never really watched like a werewolf movie before. And you mentioned Ginger Snaps, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And you're like, it's a werewolf movie, and it's my favorite one. And then like literally the next day, I started doing research for this film, and they referenced that, and I was like, oh my gosh, thanks to Katie, now I know what's happening. <laughs> I get my, what you're my, favorite, my favorite thing, Izzy Snapchats me one night, and she's like, guess what movie I'm watching? And it's it's just a picture of Christina Ricci, because Christina Ricci, Wednesday Adams, of who we grew up with, and instantly I was like, oh, it's cursed. I fucking love that movie. She's like, oh shit, I've never seen this, and I was like, Ginger Snaps is where it's at, because it is my. Fa- it's so cheesy. It's fairly dark in the beginning, but oh, it's hard to God. take any werewolf movie seriously, in my opinion. But that's yeah, just yeah, me. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just but, I just wanted to say it was one of those cool Ginger things. Snaps. Where Go watch it. Online. it. Uh, but yeah. anyways, in this Twitter post, he said that other than Ginger Snaps and the werewolf queen in The Howling, have you seen that one? Yes, I have. Okay. There aren't a lot of female werewolves on the big screen, um, unless you kind of want to count Cursed, I guess, because she's kind of... Yeah, there's a female werewolf. Yeah. So yeah. It's a female werewolf. Yeah. Cursed. Uh, but there is this idea... 
hold on i lost my spot okay there weren't a lot of female werewolves on the screen which is where the idea of a pack of female lycanthropes came from why should guys get to have all the fun after fucking phenomenal i fucking love that uh yeah so they got together and they were just like let's just have these women strip which is kind of defeats the purpose of being like oh it's so cool uh but let's do the trope scene thing where they're stripping and there's tits but that's not my problem um i will say though i love the way that they do that transformation because i think it's fucking cool what's cool about it is they're not like stripping their clothes they're literally stripping their skin so yeah like it's like the girl that strips her leg off she just puts her leg up like a really like fancy thing where she's gonna do like the bend and snap kind of deal and then just rips her leg skin off <laughs> like she's gonna take off her stocking nice and slow and then it's skin so that's yeah i like when the girl takes her nail to the other i don't know which girl i think it's the the cinderella girl but she takes her nail to the spine and cuts her her back down straight or straight down her spine i thought that was a really cool shot too anyways it's a cool scene i can't argue but uh, it's very original you don't you don't see something like that all the time yeah i don't know i don't know that i've ever seen anything like that but yeah that's it that's the end of that story pretty much yeah so uh watching the whole thing go down uh sam's just sitting there down the path as uh hanging out as this little girl dressed as a witch walks by um who happens to be in our next story which I love. Uh, so this is the Halloween school bus massacre. This is what we were talking about with really cool uh, masks. And like, I thought they were very old school, which I really liked about them. So. So. Go back for a second. Do you remember the angel, the pirate and the alien that went and interrupted Principal Wilkins and his killing of uh, Charlie? Well, they went on to other houses to get pumpkins and they go upon their, this house of uh, a swingers party <laughs> I'm assuming Which, it's like all the faculty from the school and it's their Halloween party because they all know each other and one of the kids is like uh, he makes some comment about coaching a hot dog <laughs> a, a fucking a pig I believe um, yeah, and like they're uh, like a teacher or something opens the door and she like offers him a drink and she's yeah, dressed as a slutty cat. More cats. She's dressed as a slutty cat. It's uh, a wildly inappropriate thing to. Yeah, be doing. it even had the and she like pushed the tail into the kid's face. It was yeah weird. Um, I'm I totally good with that, like that until they started trying to include kids and I was like, yeah, I stepped the line. You. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after that. But technically, they, they didn't break any Halloween rules, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. Um, so, later, they pick up a boy named Schrader and a girl named Rhonda, who I adore. I just love Rhonda. She's cute as a button. Uh, she, she is dressed as a witch, and she does seem a bit socially awkward and kind of out of place with these kids. But they all have collected jack-o'-lanterns. Um, and someday I'm going to decorate my house the way that she does, uh, which is like 50 million jack-o'-lanterns carved everywhere. Uh, and they look so cool. Uh, I don't have the patience. I wouldn't either, but I think it'd be fun. 
Uh, so they all collect these jack-o'-lanterns, which they bring with them to this cliff top of a rock quarry. And this is where the angel tells a local legend of a Halloween school bus massacre. So here's, so here's what she says. 30 years ago, the parents of eight special needs kids paid a school bus driver. This is the shorter version, by the way. <laughs> uh, paid a school bus driver to drive the bus off the cliff so they wouldn't have to deal with the kids anymore. And the bus driver was never seen again because uh, in the flashback that you see, the bus driver um, goes, uh, drives the bus to the cliff. Um, but he, he stops and he is giving each of the kids candy for some odd reason. And as he's doing this, one of the kids panics and he keeps saying wrong way. And that is the kid that Andy dressed up as, by the way. Uh, he gets out of the handcuffs that are holding him to the bus because they're all strapped in. And he goes up and he accidentally drives the bus off the cliff while trying to put, or I guess he, I guess he puts it in gear. Um, so they go over the cliff, including the bus driver, and he is seen climbing out, the bus driver is seen cli climbing out as the sole survivor, um, because the others were chained to their seats, minus the vampire kid. Was the bus driver on the bus? Because I thought he was off the bus, because he got off. No, he, no, he was on the bus. So he stands up. So what happens is he stands up after parking the bus and he puts up, he pulls up a box of candy and he goes, Shh, and he walks by and he makes sure this is him checking that each of the kids are secured to the bus and he gives them each a piece of candy. Uh, the kid in the vampire suit has been saying wrong way since he took the wrong turn. Um, and so he starts fidgeting with his handcuffs and the bus driver walks past him and the kid gets out of his handcuffs and apparently runs up and tries to get the bus in gear to go home and the bus driver turns to go run after him and gets tripped by another kid so he falls down the aisle of the bus and then that's when it goes over oh, okay yeah so he was on the bus the whole time i thought he had gotten off the bus i missed no. i i like do notes while i do this so sometimes i miss things but uh I thought he had gotten off the bus, and then the kid drove it, and the guy climbing out was the kid in the vampire costume. So I was really confused at the end. This no. all just came together. See, this is why it takes yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the bus driver is the one that came out of... That makes uh, so much more but, sense. Okay. And that's that's why his breathing, you know, makes you think, kind of combines to the other person that we're going to talk about later. But the legend is that the bus driver just disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> nobody was never heard from again. Uh, so the angel and the alien and the boy Schrader uh, that joined him, they he's he's kind of nice to Rhonda. He's kind of the only one that seems nice to Rhonda, at least. Uh, they take some rickety-as-fuck elevator that I would never get in in a million years. Nope, my ass would never be on there. I'm already scared of elevators enough. Like, I don't need to go on some rickety-ass one that looks like it's going to collapse. Uh, but it goes down to this quarry that has been abandoned for years. They leave the pirate and Rhonda up on top of the elevator to, because it says she says it only fits three. Um, so she sends the elevator back up, and they come down. But during this time, when they're coming down the elevator, they hear howls, or I guess when they're waiting for the elevator, they hear howls uh, of werewolves 
in the distance, and obviously that is the uh, Sheep's Meadow party going on. Them girls doing their howl. It's really cool. Uh, so as those, as Rhonda and the pirate descend in that rickety as fuck elevator that, fuck no, uh, they see fog and they hear their friends screaming. So uh, the brave little witch walks out to help them, leaving the scaredy ass pirate in the elevator. Uh, she sees the school bus from the legend that her friends kind of told, and uh, she sees the see, she sees the costumes in the water just floating around, and the way that the bus is um, facing <coughs> doesn't work for me. It's the only thing that kind of fucks me up in the movie. Why not? Uh, because it's not face down. Why would it be face down? Because it drove over the cliff. Face down. Oh, but there was water. Right it, down. It was filled with water at one point, and so oh, I guess it would have okay, sank that. and then just kind of like settled. However, it settled. I feel like the front would still be down because it's heavier because well, the engine. It was. Up. It was like this. Like, I'm. If this is the front, it was like this. It's opposite. Nuh-uh. If I remember, if I remember correctly, it's opposite. You're remembering a lot. Okay, we're gonna pause this. We're gonna. Okay, <laughs> so I, I I found it. I found it. I did. It took me for fucking ever uh, and a lot of scrolls. But yes, I was right. So the the bus is uh, front side facing out of the water, which kind of confuses me. Um, I get that like it could have like settled and stuff, but I feel like just with the engine side, it's a bus. It's got a heavy engine. It also could have been that as it drained, um, it like I mean filled. No, as like the water drained from that lake because it used to be a lake oh oh yeah it like uh, shifted the sand and stuff so it might have pulled it a different direction you're right if somebody knows the uh physics or whatever bullshit is behind that let me know if i'm wrong but you know anyways i feel like there's like a hundred reasons that it could have been that way but i'm sure i'm sure so as they descend in the elevator they uh they hear their friends screaming so uh, Rhonda walks out to go help them, sees the, the, the bus and all the costumes in the water, and then she gets attacked by three zombies. And when she runs back to the elevator, her pirate friend is being eaten by another zombie, and she's absolutely terrified. And then she just does like 100% Velma. She trips. And she's like, <laughs> can't find my glasses. I lost my yeah. glasses. Yeah. And then she tries to keep running, and she trips and hits her head. And I'm surprised that didn't, like, rock her a little bit more. That was a good hit, personally. Oh, yeah. I thought, like, when I first saw the movie, I thought she was dead. Like, I totally 100% was like, she's dead. Me, too. I thought she was going to, like, bleed out. Because, of course, they weren't really zombies. It was just some bitch-ass friends. Uh, They had lured her out there to play a prank on her. Um, And as soon as she hit her head, the reason I thought she was dead, too, is because Schrader's like, oh, shit, we should stop. Like, stop. This isn't funny anymore. Um, But I'm assuming they're supposed to be, like, the cool kids in their school, and that's why Rhonda agreed to hang out with them. Because yeah, I don't think they I, were actually friends. I think no, it was oh, no, a no, just situation. No yeah, I think they just kind of invited her out to literally play the prank on her. And the angel, she makes a comment at one point uh, to Schrader, but I think she was having Schrader flirt with her. So that she would hang out with them and like go along with it. 
like she makes a comment at one point where she's like just do what you're su- like do your job or something yeah um, but i think schrader genuinely kind of she thinks like she says so she says yeah it's your turn you're up yeah yeah that's what she and says. Rhonda comes comes out of the house um uh yes i think i think so too but schrader is really nice to her and event and like genuinely seems kind of sweet but if you still went along with it and all of them should be hung by their thumbs in a dungeon yeah so but unfortunately don't worry unfortunately for them uh you know referring back to the traditions of original Sawin, they kick all the little pumpkins all the lit pumpkins that they had they kick them into the water leaving them without any protection because um you're supposed to leave the candle or the the pumpkin lit until it goes out so the spirits of the eight kids who died in the bus rise, and uh, they hear whispers in their ears, and sweet little bullied Rhonda gets into the elevator with her lit pumpkins all around her, and uh, locks all of them out. Yeah, fuck them, <laughs> why not? Because she thinks they're, they're playing with her again, because they're screaming, saying something's out here. And then, basically with a full-on silent, you can go fuck yourself, she leads them down there to die and takes the elevator. I up. think she knew that that wasn't a prank at that point. I think she was making the solid decision of just like reap what you sow. Yep, I totally agree. Um, and so at the top, when she gets back up to the top, she puts her pumpkin in the in a in a, a little red wagon, nice. and she goes to walk and she goes to walk away, and she sees Sam sitting there with his uh, his candy bag with a cat in it. And uh, they wave at each other and walk home. And, well, and she walks home. And he stays at the quarry. Uh, so, yeah. little You see Sam everywhere as he is Sawin, as you'll come to find out. And real quick, just to give credit where credit is due, the angel's name was Macy, and she was played by Britt McKillop, uh, who mm-hmm. was in Dead Like Me, the TV series, uh, but has had a lick lucrative sorry career doing voices for shows like Bratz, Barbie, Baby Looney Tunes, My Little Pony and Ninjago. All right. The alien was Sarah played by Isabel Deluce. She currently is producing shorts. That's like her career. Uh oh, okay. Schrader, I have no idea what his costume was. He was like a skeleton thing. Whatever you say. Uh he was played by Jean-Luc Bilodeau. He had a small thing on Kyle XY, Piranha 3DD. The star... Oh, he was also the star of Baby Daddy, and like he's had a few other things. Hmm. Uh, Chip the Pirate was the brother of Macy the Angel, and played by Alberto Gusi. I didn't know that he was was supposed to be her brother. I thought they were just friends. No, that was her little brother. Okay. Uh, He had a little part in Final Destination 3. He was also Where? She's the Man. I don't know. I know that movie like the back of my hand. Is he at the barbecue? Maybe that's him. That could be him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He's in She's that's the Man. That's the second one. That's the second one. The soccer movie with Amanda Bynes. Had a mm-hmm. few other th- oh. Which one's three? Is three the roller coaster? Roller coaster. Oh, okay. He was probably, roller coaster. He's probably someone's little brother or something in that. He was still young, I think. Yeah, probably. And last, I still can't listen to that song without thinking of that movie. I still can't 
looked at a roller coaster and not think of that movie. Yeah, that too. Lastly, there's Rhonda, played by Sam Todd. She hasn't done much for like movie acting, uh, but she's still in and around the movie and theater scene in various roles. Uh, on the uh, sorry, restart. Okay, so just on the topic of Rhonda, a lot of searches are dedicated to questions like, "Does Rhonda have autism?" or like, "What was wrong with Rhonda?" <laughs> so I found an article titled "The Spooky Spectrum." Rhonda from Trick or Treat, and it's by Kelsey O'Malley. Uh, she just writes essays about things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not like a professional opinion by any means. But she describes Rhonda as showing signs of being neurodivergent, which is a word used to describe those whose brain processes, learns, and or behaves differently than what is considered quote-unquote typical. This may include learning disabilities, medical conditions, and other things. Uh, things like dyslexia, uh, ADD, ADHD, stuff like that, that is, you know, neurodivergent. This, uh, so the Cleveland Clinic says that neurodivergence may also present with strengths such as better memory, being able to mentally picture three-dimensional objects, the ability to solve complex mathematical calculations, and lots of others. (laughs) (laughs) None of those apply to me. Math sucks. I... The, like, idea of... uh, I don't know how to phrase this. Brains are wild, right? Because no person... You can't prove that any person sees or thinks of things the same way as others. Like, how... uh, I think last year, or 2019 or something, where everyone was just astonished that not everyone hears a voice in their head. And then others were like, yeah. you hear voices in your head? And other people were like, you can't see 3D? Like, it just blows my mind that people think I mean, that what they think, like, what is happening in their head is just normal for well, everybody. Okay. Okay. So that's, I, I have one of those realizations, like, last year. Um, I have astigmatism. And I didn't realize that I had astigmatism. But I thought everybody saw lights like I do where they're stars. They, they kind of look like stars. There's, it's not just a round light. It looks like fucking stars. <laughs> and uh, Andy, my wonderful husband, uh, educated me that he sees just normal round lights. He does not see um, those kinds of things. And so that is something I found out is part of having um, astigmatism. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's just like, I hate that the, it's like, I don't know. I feel like everyone perceives things differently, right? Colors, specifically. There's no way to prove that everyone sees the same color. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know, it's just weird. I hate the, like, normal, not normal thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're all neurodivergent, because there is no normal. Yeah. It's impossible to prove a normal, so, but whatever. Anyways. Uh, it also states that many people who are neurodivergent struggle in social social situations, but their abilities and talents are often equal to or extended, or I'm sorry, extend beyond that of a neurotypical person. I think the most important part of this language is that it moves away from titling people as normal or disabled and simply says that people experience the world differently. Yeah. So, which is cool. I would say that's true. 
So basically, the essay says that Rhonda may seem socially awkward, but she has an incredible talent for pumpkin carving. And, and making her costume, she did make her costume. Yeah, and she like lit up when she started talking about everything she knew about Halloween and Samhain and all that jazz, which leans toward the like neurodivergent white people where like she must be on the spectrum kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Uh, then this essay kind of took a weird turn, and some of the other arguments, th- sorry, some of the other arguments for Rhonda being neurodivergent or like autistic, or on the spectrum, or however you want to say it, are a little weak for me. Uh, one of the ones that she says is that Rhonda's reaction to the prank is an overreaction, typical of those who have autism in moments of stress and other stimulation. I know. Yeah. No, I don't think that was an overreaction. I would have probably reacted much the same way. Because so. they are young. They're not like adults. And you lose your glasses. You can't fucking see. You don't know where the fuck you're going. Like, fuck that. Yeah, and she's trapped, and it's dark, and she's scared, and she doesn't know these people. Yeah, I don't think that that was any sort of overreaction at all. No, not at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And I'm assuming, because they targeted her to begin with, that she probably is the subject of bullying at school, and based off the way they talk about her when they're walking up to her door. She's the outcast and awkward kid, like I was. (laughs) So that probably hasn't helped her awkwardness. So even if she was a perfectly, how did they, what word did they use? If she was neurotypical, Uh uh, being bullied and like left out of things can make you awkward and afraid to be who you are, right? Oh yeah. Uh, So I also wouldn't cite that as being like a, a thing. But that's fair. Uh, also, that probably is why she was totally okay leaving them down there because she was like, that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, she's like, fuck you. And I think if she is autistic, sometimes they don't realize, or if she does have autism, sorry, she does, they don't realize if they are being like bullied or joked about or something. And in that mm-hmm. moment, that's where she was like, oh shit, these people are making fun of me. And everything, all of her experiences were like, oh, they've been making fun of me this whole time. They don't respect me. So that's why she was like, die. Yeah. But I'm not um, saying she is or is not. I'm just, these are the things that I found. I there's been it, a lot of new studies coming out about, um, like, neurodivergent ADHD and being on the um, autism spectrum. Uh and because of certain, like, things that I do and, and ways that I react to certain things and stuff like that, I'm curious if I'm on a very low form of the spectrum with my ADHD and stuff. So I wanted to go to the doctor and, and see. I think about it all the time. There's, like, a lot of things that I do. Uh, when I, I, think I read, everybody, like, behavior. I think everybody's partially on the, on the spectrum. Exactly. That's why it's called a spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not a normal. Uh, no. Because there are definitely things that I do that, and it's not just like one or two things. There's like a lot of stuff that I do where I'm like, yeah. oh. Yeah. That Nope. I, that I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. <clears throat> so I, I do want to go do whatever tests that they do to try and see that. Because um, I think it'd be really interesting. It's called getting a therapist. I, I know, I know somebody who did. 
I know somebody who did that, and uh, they did come back on the spectrum of autism, which I think is really interesting because I never looked at that person um, as I, I thought she was neurotypical, quote unquote, in that way, and she was just really smart. But but I think what's cool is that being on the spectrum is becoming normal. Like it's not. Yeah. That's that should be the normal it's, thing. It's, it's just not to be that like tabooed idea of of something bad. It's not that they're bad. It's it's everybody's on the spectrum, and some people are just higher up than others. The normal thing should just be how do we accommodate? Yeah. How do we take care of each other? Anyways. Off that rant, let's get back into another story. Uh, so you see Sam, right? Little Sam. They the wave at each other. Of murder. And and uh, she walks away. Was Kitty just rubbing up on the mic? Oh, no, she's on the ground. Um, so this leads into the story of Mr. Krieg, the grumpy old neighbor of Principal uh, Wilkins. You put Wilson. So... Mr. Krieg is played by Brian Cox, who has been in a lot of roles throughout his career, such as um, Iron Will, The Born Identity, X2, which was directed by Do uh, Doherty and also had Anna Paquin in it, uh, Troy, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, he was, the, uh, he was the father, by the way, and he has 230... Sorry, your mic keeps, like, binging. I'm sorry, it's cats all it's, it's kitty i know um but he has 237 acting credits on his imdb page <laughs> he's been a lot of shit guys he's been around so old man krieg uh is i, I so old man kriegel as i assume the kids call him because his name is mr krieg is using his dog Spite to scare the children who rang his doorbell for candy, which are the three kids um, that you see throughout the movie. Spite is played by Zip, whose also career uh, in movies may have begun and ended in this film. <laughs> so, I think this is his only film credit. But yeah. shortly after... I couldn't find yeah. him anywhere. He looks like he would be a good one for, like, a real-life version of... Uh that Tim, Tim Burton movie where the dog dies Frankenweenie oh fuck off Frankenweenie I love that movie um, he kind of he kind of reminds me of Shiloh if you ever watched that show so Mr. Krieg uh, shortly after the terrifying candy situation of scaring the children off Mr. Krieg ha uh, hears Spite interrupting the principal burying the body in the backyard uh, and barking really loud and uh, so, you know, that's where that interaction in the beginning of the film comes from. Then Mr. Krieg's doorbell rings. Uh, and when he gets to his front porch. Um, uh, yeah, so when he gets to the front porch, it's not the trick-or-treaters that are there. Um, instead, his entire porch is covered in lit jack-o'-lanterns. Which I think is really interesting. And. Sorry, I had a burp. <laughs> it, it was a burp, actually, but thanks. Uh, so, Mr. Creed grabs his shotgun off the wall and follows Sam into the bedroom where he finds a toy skeleton, uh, like hand. It's one of those crawling hands. 
under the sheets and uh he all of a sudden in the corner this big jack-o'-lantern basically it doesn't explode but it lights in fire really big fire and it lights up the entire room and all over the walls and ceilings you see the words trick-or-treat give me something good to eat just everywhere big letters little letters it creepy handwriting it's great and of course that's when little sam comes out and uh cuts his ankle with a candy bar that has a razor blade sticking out of it it's like uh, no no worries just a giant ass blade it's it's really cool it's just a, it's like a one of, it almost looks like a 100 grand bar like a like a really big one though like a full size king candy bar but it's got one bite out of it and then the razor blade sticking out of it so it looks kind of like a box cutter yeah, I think that's exactly like what they got the blade out of. It's like a box cutter. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I have some questions. Okay. So earlier in this section, Mr. Krieg, after he scares the kids, he like sits down to watch TV, and he takes a bite out of a candy bar. Oh, I'm sorry, I just hit my microphone again. Uh, he takes a bite out of a candy bar that he stole from a kid who dropped their candy, and then he like immediately spits it out. So, is that the candy bar that this blade is in, or is that supposed to be a poisoned piece of candy from the principal's house? Now, I'm I'm not sure. I am not sure. Because you don't know where this candy bar came from. I think he just didn't like the candy bar. And then, because he stole it from the kids, like he, like he stole the kids' candy, I think Sam took the advantage to take that candy bar put a razor blade in it and use it as a weapon cool i mean it would be cool either way whether it was the poisoned piece of candy and then you're like you almost died but you didn't because you spit it out um, right or if it was his downfall so that'd be cool too mm-hmm. uh but i just want to point out real quick while he's flipping through the tv channels i recognize scooby-doo zombie island i love that mm-hmm. movie oh yeah and i think it was a scene from the original House on Haunted Hill, right? You are correct. She's walking up to the vat of acid. Yeah. Yep. I, again, I watched that movie every time I went camping. I s- literally stole the copy from my dad. Sorry, dad. I'm not really that sorry. Uh, those were the two that I I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. Those were the bigger ones that were kind of shown. <clears throat> so... Now that we've answered your questions, that's that's all your questions, correct? Yeah, and we didn't really answer it. We just... Yeah, I mean... Talk through it, at least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I answered the original House on Haunted Hill for you, and... Oh, yeah. There you go. That, was, uh, so. that worked. Anyways. Mr. Krieg shoots at Sam, and then he falls down the stairs uh, to the floor, but... The best thing about this <laughs> is Sam had, because he's he's um, he is the uh, Hallows, Hallows, All Hallows Eve spirit. He's the spirit of Halloween, is what he is. Or a he demon, has, or a god. It's up to up uh, to the bait. They, they they claim him as the spirit of Halloween. That's what Sam is, like Sam from Sawin. No, no, no. The director has not given any indication as to whether he is a god 
a demon, or a spirit. Okay. That's okay. That's fair. Yeah. Bite I, me. I take it back. I retract. I, I retract. Um, I've always called him the spirit of Halloween, so I'm just going to continue saying that. I mean, that's what uh, I would call him, too. So that's fine. <laughs> He's basically the Santa of Halloween. So Yeah. So, obviously, he can do these cool things, but he has uh, riddled, and I mean just riddled the floor and the stair and the staircase uh, with razor blades, broken glass, uh, and candy. <laughs> Not even good candy. It's like the shitty old people hard candy that yeah. kids don't want to eat, but people keep no, eating exactly. it out. And it's like their 80-year-old grandmother's purse candy. Um, but yeah, we actually had that. Uh, we recreated that for the haunted house, which was really cool. Uh, so he falls down those stairs, and he puts his hands in the glass, and then I can't imagine holding anything after that, but I get, like, one teeny sliver of glass somewhere on my body. I'm like, oh, my God, ow, ow, ow. Adrenaline. It's all adrenaline yeah. at that point. I, yeah, that's true. So after a scuffle, uh, Mr. Krieg does to knock Sam out and pulls – well, he, he actually shoots him in the head. Um, <clears throat> he – Pulls the burlap sap, or burlap sack, <laughs> sap, burlap sap. Oh my god! <laughs> Take a breath. Get some water. <laughs> it's the dyslexia. It, I see it proof. I can't put. It, it's the K and the P that are going back and forth. Burlap sack. There we go. Uh, revealing that he is some sort of pumpkin being kind of thing underneath. Uh, I think he looks fucking adorable, and I'm actually going to get a tattoo of Sam's head, and it's going to be half with the mask on, and then the other half with his, like, pumpkin head. He kind of looks like one of the aliens, like, the structure of his face from the Natalie Portman movie, uh, Invasion is it Invasion of Planet Earth or something, like that super old one. Uh, Man. He kind of has, like, that facial structure. Uh... Was it Invasion of Just Google oh, was it Just Google Natalie Portman and it'll be in her list of movies. <laughs> it was she was like fifteen at the time. But he uh the places that he manages to shoot, all that come out are pumpkin guts, which I thought was so cool. Cute. So after Sam pulls himself together, he bites out, uh, he, pu- he pulls out the iconic sucker that you see with Trick or Treat, and he takes a bite out of it, which is where that bite is created. Uh, and it's a perfect side bite, my, I just say. A crescent sucker was left. It's beautiful. Um, he pulls that out, and he goes, starts walking up to Mr. Krieg, and Maybe I was wrong about the the candy bar with uh, Sam and when he cuts his his leg or cuts his his foot because I think he that's a candy bar that he took a bite out of and he it like drops in front of Sam and Sam thinks it's kind of like a he's giving him candy so he leaves Mr. Krieg alive just walks out of the house eating the candy bar he puts his mask back on and he <laughs> walks out of the house. Um, I mean, he had other plans. Okay. Yeah. So, turns out that Mr. Krieg is the bus driver from the town legend. Um, 
and because earlier in the in the scene you see or uh, well soon at one point you do see him burning pictures of him and the kids uh in front of the school bus but <clears throat> uh later that evening you see mr krieg handing out candy like a good halloween neighbor is doing he's he's wrapped up from all of his fighting with sam uh, and clearly learned his lesson about Sam, and this little girl says, nice mummy costume, Mr. Krieg. And I think it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, then, as he's, uh, you know, giving out candy to kids, so he opens the door kindly, uh, he gets another doorbell ring. He opens the door to eight zombie kids from the bus that he had killed. Uh, and and they and they attack him. Um, so, you know, uh, Trust revenge includes Mr. Krieg, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that that is the Mr. Krieg story right there for you. He breathes funny, and that's the connection that you'll get randomly in the movie. This <coughs> is also the only time you see Sam, like, actually interact actually. with the vic his chosen person, I guess. So. Yeah, I think there's only about I think there's two two scenes of that. I think it's only or two two victims. I mean, we'll get into like why Sam does all these things in a minute, but I think he was just really mad at Mr. Krieg for like the ultimate evil that he did of that basically resulted in the death of eight innocent children uh, who were dressed up for Halloween and it was on Halloween and. I think Sam just really fucking hated him. Hey. And and scaring the kids off in a really mean way with uh, Spike made of just... I mean, I think... That's the last straw. To <laughs> me, that's part of Halloween is trick or treat. It's literally what it's called. Trick or treat. Yeah. But I yeah. think when he's spiteful and mean, I get it. Um, and he, like, genuinely just doesn't like Halloween. But the reason is because it's an awful memory because he has guilt. He carries the guilt with him. But still, I think that's why he is specifically targeted by Sam. Because Sam really thinks he blasphemed the holiday. Blasphemed? Blas... He did that to the holiday. <laughs> yeah. But according to the director's Twitter, Brian Cox's part of Mr. Creek was meant to be the Halloween equivalent of like a Christmas carol. With old Mr. Krieg being Ebenezer Scrooge, only instead of being visited by three ghosts, he's visited by the spirit of Halloween himself. Oh. And there you go, Katie. The spirit, spirit of, Halloween. of Halloween. Boom. But he could still be a god or a demon. Just saying. Yeah, he could. But, boom. But right there. Uh. Yeah. That makes sense. So, then I guess with what I just said too, that his like past is coming to haunt him, kind of, which is mm -hmm. part of the Christmas Carol. Spirit, boom. Oh man, I actually really like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so we have the. So, <clears throat> we have the final story to this beautiful movie. It is brief, but. This is the uh, last story of the timeline, but it actually serves as the opening of the film. So again, this film happens in very split up ways, but it's beautifully done. True. 
and it might have to you might have to watch it one or two times well, obviously one but two or three times to to fully put it in order but it's fucking cool <coughs> so wait are you reading that or am i you haven't finished reading oh i'm sorry you're right um so this one takes place at the house across the street from Mr. Krieg and the principal whose kid uh, is now sitting on the front porch dressed as his dad, in including wearing the, the bloody shirt from earlier. It's like uh, such a sweet thing, but also just like so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Um, so he's waiting for his terrible dad to come home, which, uh, as we now know, is not fucking happening. Poor kid. And uh, this is where you see Emma, who is dressed up as a robot, and her husband, Henry, who is dressed as, um... Is he like a Viking? What the heck was he? I think it was like a... I think... I want to say it was like a, a, a knight. Oh, like a, okay. A, some sort of knight or something. It wasn't nearly uh, as cool as the robot. That's all I'm saying. The robot was really well done. She was just a party pooper. Uh, so Emma, the party pooper... Was played by Leslie Louise Bibb, who you may recognize from Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Confessions of a Shopaholic, the Iron Man films, A Good Old Fashioned Orgy, Babysitter 1 and 2 on Netflix, and lots of other things. The fuck a good old fashioned orgy? I don't even want to know. It's actually a really funny movie. It's a, it's just a comedy about some friends oh. who want to do like, they're adults, but they want to do like a last hurrah. So they're like, let's uh, plan okay, an orgy. Okay. So it's them like trying to plan it, and it's super funny. Got it. It's like Zach and Mary make a sex, like make a porno. Or yeah, it's that like that kind of comedy. Okay, okay, got it. Uh, Henry is played by. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, is it Tamo Pennicut? <laughs> I don't know. Tamo maybe. T A H M O H Ta I Tabo? I Tabo. love his stuff. Like I recognize him from things, but I had oh, yeah. no idea that that was his name. Uh, but he's in Battlestar Galactica, Supernatural, The Devil in Ohio show on Netflix, and he was in Joss Whedon's Dollhouse, which like fuck Joss Whedon, but uh, Eliza Dushku was in that, and I love that show. It's so good. Love that bitch. Uh, <laughs> so Emma. The party pooper. I call her a party pooper because she doesn't like Halloween and she's a bitch about it. Um, she decides to uh, I mean, I don't know if she's a bitch about it. She did agree to get dressed up because her boyfriend loves it or husband or whatever she, the fuck he lives. She, and she went she to was, the parade. And she participated. You're right. You're right. But she's still, she was still really rude about the whole decorations and the jack-o'-lantern, which is a tradition. Yeah, cleaning up halloween decorations in the middle of the night made no sense to me i was like girl it can wait a day yeah so um yeah she doesn't like halloween and apparently for the ungodly hours of how late it is she decides that it's the perfect time to take down decorations ask uh and then her husband's like i'll do it in the morning she's like no you won't you'll play video games until four anyways uh so henry goes inside to uh set the sexy mood and watch this porn video that is titled Na the the nature special which i thought was hilarious i did too good cover story no one wants to watch that and uh, yeah 
Yeah, I think it's funny. He gives her puppy dog eyes, and then she's like, go upstairs, turn on the film. Oh, they're going to do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Boom. There you go. Na- a nature special. Uh, so he goes inside, leaving her to clean up all the Halloween decorations at, like, who knows, 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm sorry, I have a tickle in my throat. So, he falls asleep watching this porno and uh, wakes up to find Emma murdered by Sam, butchered, and her head hanging on uh, one of the Halloween decorations like she's a ghost because that's all they had in their front yard. They have a bunch of them. It was awesome. It was really fucking cool. And the uh, the sucker that Sam had bitten half of uh, that beautiful crescent moon sucker was shoved in her mouth. I missed that part because I thought she was. No, her the the sucker was shoved in her mouth, and th- that's why it was like a huge opening. Because in the picture, it looks like something very different. So that's cool. I want to find a picture of it now. Sorry. Because I want to appreciate this moment. Emma in Trick or Treat. Death. Images. Yeah. She's got the sucker shoved in her mouth. Oops. Sorry. I thought it was like a, a part of the decoration thing like the that was making the shape of the head. I didn't catch that it was the sucker. So that's really oh. cool. Yeah. No, it's it's the sucker. The, uh, the artwork for it that they show you in the comic like the comic books in the opening is really pretty too i really like it oh you know what i do remember seeing it in the comics that's right yeah yeah it's uh, the so lighting makes it like hard in the film but anyways uh yeah but that basically uh that's that's all of the timelines uh all of the stories i should say but they're a little jumbled so go watch the movie if you haven't which i don't know why you're listening if you haven't but Go watch the movie again. Maybe you'll catch some things you didn't know before. And according to the director, uh, the reason these people were chosen to die is because they broke the rules of Halloween. And the rules of Halloween are simple, according to Sam. And when followed, they can protect you from a very gruesome death as seen. So, the most important rule... I'm a... said the most important question. Uh, Wear a costume. Yeah. The second one, pass out treats. Yeah. yeah. The third one, never blow out a jack o' lantern. But for real, don't do that. Or smash them. God damn it. I fucking don't smash them. Yeah, I don't. People wear carnivals. And number four, always check your candy. Which I don't know how you're going to check it if it's poisoned. Because, like, that was a fully wrapped candy bar, apparently. But, uh. Yeah, because he put, he, he used a syringe and put it in there because you see all of his poison mixing stuff on uh, when he goes inside of his when he goes into the kitchen for after burying the kids you see all the poisons and stuff sitting on the counter but hold on to me it's unrealistic that a kid would check their candy like that I <coughs> and I will get back to the check your candy thing later but for now let's talk about Sam so Sam as Katie mentioned earlier is played by I think he was seven at the time his name is Quinn Lord and it was also played by a stunt double for those fighting scenes. Quinn has been in Firefly Lane, Firefly Lane, which is a Netflix show based on a book, The Possession, mm-hmm. and The Possession, and I didn't really recognize anything else or care to mention it here. 
Mm-hmm. He was also, as Katie said, the little boy peeping through the stalls. And yep. his stunt double for the fighting scene was played by a gymnast named Susie Stingle. She is short. She's 4'8", which probably isn't that weird for gymnasts. No, uh, no. She has also been in a lot of other movies as a stunt double. She was in the 13 Ghosts remake, Santa Claus 2, Taken, The Butterfly Effect, Seven Days, and the 2019 version of Pet Cemetery, and like a bunch of other shit, but those are the ones that I recognized for sure. I love The Butterfly Effect. I did too. It like fucked me up as a kid. I <laughs> should oh, oh yeah, it, but for sure. Uh, it's just dark. It's so fucking dark. Um, in an interview with Spencer Perry on comicbook.com, Doherty explained how he got his idea for Sam, which, as Katie has mentioned, is short for, uh, Sawin, or it's pronounced like Sam Ain is how it's uh, spelled, sorry, but it's pronounced Sawin, so everyone knows that's why it says Sam. He said, uh, quote, I was bummed that Halloween didn't have a singular mascot like Christmas with Santa or Easter and the bunny. Halloween needed something that truly captured its strange spirit, the odd childlike mix of fear and wonder, which I think he like totally hit on the head with Sam. Hmm. He goes on to say that the Charlie Brown classic, which Billy shit on at the beginning, as Katie pointed out, uh, the Great Pumpkin, and how the Great Pumpkin could be a real spirit of Halloween that rises from the pumpkin patch every year for centuries to wander the streets dressed like a kid making sure people respect the rules of the holiday which if you think about it is also kind of what Krampus is for Christmas the enforcer and Mm -hmm. that is another movie that he did so apparently he liked that I love Krampus in this article they also include the tweets by Doherty who is his tweet handle I guess is what it's called is at legendary and he shared a bunch of concept art created by contributors for the film And we'll share the link for that because they are so fucking good and you should check them out. Uh, The concept art for the werewolves specifically is amazing. And let's see. Along with like all that concept art, as we've talked about, he did go on to help create comic and graphic novels based off Sam. The first one was released in 2009 and follows the film and those stories. This was followed by a graphic novel called Trick or Treat Days of the Dead, which include four new stories through various time periods. And they all, of course, include Sam. Mm -hmm. There's also a Trick or Treat, the 15th anniversary on the bus collection, which is to be released this year, if it hasn't already come out. And it is only available to Kickstarter people, whatever that is. Um, Kickstarter helps people fund it. That's what I assumed. It's like an investment thing. Yeah. So I don't know if it's pre-releasing to them or if it's only releasing to them. I'm not sure. But in those comics, the Days of the Dead version, uh, it shows Sam going as far back as the 1600s in Ireland to... Uh, There's like a witch that's getting burned at the stake or something and she falls in love with somebody and they run away, but they get caught and then as she's getting burned to death at the stake, she sees Sam and he apparently reunites the two lovers' spirits or something. I don't know. But he's not like just a force of evil. He is a force of comfort for people who practice 
saw win the way they're supposed to, i.e. the little witch, uh, Rhonda, right? They have like this respect thing and that's the only one he interacts with that isn't negative. It's a really, it's like a really cute, like friendly interaction for like just a second. That's false. I guess he didn't have a negative interaction with the principal, but um, yeah, he got candy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but technically it was poisoned candy. But I mean, whatever. But yeah, they share a special moment, and she's a witch. And then the first story, Days of the Dead, is a witch. So that was cool. Uh, one of the other stories is about some settlers. Uh, destroying like Native American land or indigenous people land um, and he protects one of the characters by taking revenge or something I don't know but it seems pretty cool it shows like a bunch of different sides of Sam and the spirit of Halloween awesome and how he's both an enforcer and a protector uh, the scene where Sam's hand is detached and like moving across the floor is meant to be an homage to John Carpenter's film The Thing Okay, another one we've done. <laughs> so, uh, there's a scene in the first one where part of the body, like, detaches, and it's like that crab spider thing, and it's, like, scuttling across the floor. That was the inspiration for the hand. And the character in that film says exactly what Mr. Krieg says. And he's like, you've got to fucking be kidding me, or something like that. So that was that homage. Uh, but when I was watching it, my first thought was, holy shit origin story for the thing from adam's family <laughs> the little thing i love thing and then i realized the thing from the movie and then thing in adam's family so i was wondering which one came first and if they were all inspired by each other and it turns out that the adam's family came first but that's not any correlation to any of these other things so uh according to wikipedia the name of thing is thing T thing that's his full name often referred to as just thing that would uh, be thing 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 at that point <laughs> it is a fictional character in the Adam's Family series obviously he was originally conceived as a whole creature and it was always seen in the background like watching the family but it was too horrible to see in person so the only part that a human being could stand to see was the hand which is why all you see is his hand and just like a shadow of him in the background. And I guess that is in the 1964 television series. Uh, but then they it like adapted over time and became just this hand. And so the thing in 1991 and 1993 Adams Family films is where it became what we know it as in our generation. Yeah. Um, so Sam, as we have found out, has powers because he's a badass. Oh! My titan that likes to pee on things is Bilbo. Hi, Bilbo. Oh, oh, oh. He's Let grabbing go the, the mic. mic. Let go of the mic, pumpkin. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take her out of the room because she'll pee on something if I'm not holding her. Sam's got powers. Uh, clearly he can regenerate and bring his body back to life. Correct. He's got, he's got some hella good strength. Um, and he can climb on anything. You see him climbing on the ceiling at one point. In a very demonic way with a little child laughter. Yeah. Um, clearly he has the power of resurrection because 
he was shot in the head. You saw his pumpkin guts, and he was still alive. That's regenerating. Resurrection is where he brings the zombies back. Oh, I'm sorry. You're totally right. That's, That's my okay. bad. They're all the um, same. <laughs> uh, more than likely, teleporting and fast movements, because, I mean, he does a lot of stuff in a matter of a few minutes with Mr. Krieg walking up the stairs and stuff. It's the same kind of magic Santa has. That's what I'm yeah, going to go basically. with. Yeah, um, basically. He may be all-knowing for, like, the spirit of Halloween and stuff like that, so. Kind of like Santa. He knows if you've been naughty or nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're just trying to relate this back to Christmas because it's December, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, that works. But I'm just trying <laughs> to make it so that people can understand in it's a relatable true, fashion. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. Because he is based, he's the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. What I'm trying to say uh, is he's cooler than Santa, but as cool as Krampus. Yeah. But but definitely uh, should at least know, he, he probably knows people's fears, I think. I think he does, which is why he sent the zombies. But. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he is better than Krampus because Krampus lets lackeys go off and do his things like little creepy fucking elves and gingerbread men. And Sam is like, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. You want it done right? Do it yourself. Yep. You know what? I was also wrong. Uh, Mr. Krieg is not the only person he takes his anger out on or he interacts with poorly. He gets Emma. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. Uh, Yeah. Uh. This film is also based on an animated short film that was created by Doherty while he was in college, I think, called Season's Greetings, and it came out in 2004. And you can see this on YouTube. I'll share the link with all of our stuff. It is three minutes and 19 seconds. It's just like a cartoon showing Sam walking down the sidewalk at midnight trying to trick or treat. And as he walks from house to house, a creepy man who is murdering children follows him down an alley and Sam ends up killing him. And he also has a cat in the bag. And somebody partnered, I think, with Doherty to create uh, like t-shirts and merchandise based off those original renderings of Sam. And it's so cute. He looks extra cute in that one. Uh, you should watch it. It's adorable. Uh, but random fun things about Halloween relating to this film. Because I have nothing else to say, and uh, the graveyard is convoluted and complicated as for the timing. So, <laughs> yeah, and so Lord can... knows how many people died in the uh, in in the werewolf situation. <laughs> I mean, we could try and <laughs> puzzle it out, but I think I, I I mean, like I could try and run down it really fast. It would be Emma. Nope, she doesn't die first. She dies last. Oh shit! You're right. Okay, I was thinking of movie order. So it would be the kid with the clown costume. The girl in the, uh, Charlie. Charlie. The girl in the alley. Yes. Um. Everybody who dies at the, nope, and then Mr. Nope, he doesn't die. Never mind. And then, uh, the werewolf. Probably the, the Cory. Probably the Cory. Remember, because I hear the howling, so it's the werewolf. You're right, you're right. So, yeah. The Cory. All all of those guys, the Cory. The eight kids who died way before any of this and everybody else mentioned who had died from the other parties before this. Yep. We forgot them at the very beginning. Yep. And then it's Mr. Krieg. And then it's Emma. 
Yeah. So that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. There, you got it. We did it. And uh, Mr. Wilson, Wilkins. Wilkins. Those who died there are the only ones who technically, like, weren't murdered by Sam himself. Because I feel like he doesn't actually have anything to do with that whole party. It's just, like, happenstance that way. That's fair. Yeah. Unless he, like, inspired them to meet there. I don't know. But he didn't, like, negotiate that in any way. No. Uh, But anyways, random fun things. They're not fun, actually. They're just random things. (laughs) There are some places where they have set a legal age limit for trick-or-treating. And, for example, yeah, in places in Virginia, the law says that if you are 12 or under, you can trick-or-treat. And if you're older than 12, trick-or-treaters can be charged with a class 4 misdemeanor. Which, I'm sure... I was, like, fucking 17. I'm sure most cops don't actually charge somebody unless they're doing something destructive. Um, Right. uh, An article that I found also said that in Belleville, Illinois, it is forbidden for children over the age of 12 to wear a mask, and those in ninth grade or up can't appear on the streets, highways, public homes, private homes, or public places in the city to make to, to, to do trick-or-treating. They, like, worded it really weird. Sorry, I was quoting it. Uh, but, to be fair, no one should be trick-or-treating on a highway. That doesn't sound safe. But Jesus also, Christ. These are, like, some, like, uh, footloose cities. They're just, like, banned yeah, dude. out of fear and weirdness. Well, I know where I'm not moving. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Write these down. There's, like, a bunch of other ones. Those were just some examples. Sure. Uh, and then I was interested in, like, the tainted candy thing, because that's been a thing forever, right? Now mm-hmm. people are just all up in arms about people putting drugs in their candy, which we all know no one is putting drugs in their fucking edibles, like they're just going to give away money. <laughs> Those kind of drugs are expensive, so... Yeah, dude, like, you don't even fucking know. Dumping them into your children's candy. Like, the cyanide thing, that stuff makes sense to me, but the drug thing does not make sense to me. No. But, um, so history.com has an article that had sociologists who had, like, studied kind of, like, the history of tainted candy. And what they were really studying, they called it Halloween sadism, where it's people using Halloween to murder other people, basically. One of the means is through tainted candy. And the sociologists found that... Fears of Halloween sadism rise during fearful times. For example, paranoia about the tainted candy thing spiked in the 1980s after a bunch of Tylenol poisonings occurred in which cyanide-laced Tylenol was placed on store shelves and sold. That was a lot of S's, right, back to back. Yeah, the, uh, the, I remember learning all about that shit. And that is actually apparently what led to the childproof tops on them Mm -hmm. and uh drug tampering laws yeah and after the tylenol murders which are still unsolved by the way Mm -hmm. uh uh people like really just went off the radar right with 
Halloween candy paintings and stuff like that. They're like, oh, yeah. if they're going to poison the Tylenol, they might as well poison my my candy. If I remember the Tylenol poisoning things, they suspect it was a wife trying to poison her husband or something via the Tylenol that she knew he was going to buy or something. It was something like that. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember much about it, I but think, I do. I think Morbid does an episode about it and they talk about I, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. That's the suspecting thing is that somebody was trying to get someone very specific in a very awful way and it didn't work that way. <laughs> uh, but while the fears of like tainted <laughs> Halloween candy made, sorry, my cat is like trying to rub up all over my microphone. Uh, Kitty's just saying hi. She's probably purring. You can probably hear her. I can't. I can't. Um, but while those fears may be kind of unsubstantiated, in the majority of cases, Halloween crimes involving poison are not entirely unheard of. In 1964, a New York woman named Helen, I'm not going to say her last name, uh, was arrested for handing out things like ant poison and dog biscuits to kids. When they questioned her, the woman said that she was doing it as a joke and she only gave it to kids who were too old to be trick-or-treating and therefore should know not to eat those things. Uh, so that's fucked up. No one was poisoned because, like she said, it was older kids who got it who knew that that was not a good thing to eat. I mean, dog biscuits are okay, but the rest of it, yeah. not so much. Yeah. And the most infamous Halloween poisoning, according to History.com, took place on October 31st, 1974. And oh. that is when a Texas man named Ronald gave cyanide-laced pixie sticks to five children, including his own son. Oh, wow. Um, none of the other children ate the candy, but his eight-year-old son was the only one who did and died. Sad. Uh, sounds like he just wanted to kill his son and tried to cover it up and make it look like it could have been somebody else, but it failed miserably. Yep. yep. Thank God those other kids didn't, because I don't know if you remember, but Pixie Sticks were some of the first shit we downed. Oh, dude, we fucking, <laughs> yeah, I know. We were, oh, Pixie Sticks were That's great. how you get pumped to trade candy, is hard oh, to organize your candy and then start fucking bidding and, well, I'll trade you this for this. We did so much of that. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, but also following that story, he also looked very suspicious because he had taken out insurance policies on his children. Right Jesus. before that. And the... Yeah, that's not obvious at all. He got nicknamed Candyman. Oh. Okay. In that's a whole different movie and story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Eh, I guess it makes sense, kind of. In the 80s, a crime ring called Mystery Man with 21 Faces. Okay. A long mob name, I guess. They blackmailed a Japanese candy company, or a few companies, with threats that they were going to lace their candy with cyanide if they didn't give them lots of money. And so stores pulled off a bunch of the candy from those businesses, which pissed them off even more. But none of the candy was poisoned. It was just like an empty threat. And so the blackmailers tried it again later, and this time they said they were going to do packs of cookies and candies, 
and they actually did find cyanide in some of those in central Japan. But fortunately, nobody died from it, and the uh, police department chief at the time ended up killing himself because he failed to stop them, and it's unsolved to this day. Damn. And according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, 45% of all Halloween fatalities between 2011 and 2015 involved a drunk driver. And in 2020, 56 people were killed on Halloween night in drunk driving crashes alone. The only reason I included that was because everyone Don't drink about, and drive, people! Yeah, everyone talks about the dangers of like trick-or-treating and the candy and strangers, but really it's adults drinking and driving. That's the problem. <laughs> Hi, kitty. She really wants to be heard. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, ma. Ma. <laughs> <laughs> She's so tolerant of you. <laughs> I'm gonna get a picture. Hold on. Kitty's <laughs> precious. And lastly, I just wanted to end on the top selling cost how the top selling Halloween costumes. Um, this goes as far back as 1950. 1950, which was a cowboy, right. by the way. 1951 was Tarzan. Uh, what year were you born? 95. Cool. 1958 was Zorro, by the way. Hell yeah. Um, I have to do some scrolling. Uh, 1966 19- was Barbie. Yep. 1967 was Morticia Adams. 1968 was Rosemary Woodhouse from Rosemary Baby. 1971 was Willy Wonka. Uh, 1974, Richard Nixon. The one before that was uh, Marsha Brady, which was interesting. And 1975, yep, Dr. Frankenfurter. That's the year to be alive. Mm-hmm. Of course, Star Char- Wars, Charlie's Angels, Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana Jones. John Travolta in all of his different ideas. Freddy Krueger in 85. The California mm-hmm. Raisin, 1986. Beetlejuice in 88. And, okay, sure. 1991 was The Terminator. Mm-hmm. 1992 was Barney, which is hilarious. That's disgusting. <laughs> because it's only hilarious because I fucking loved Barney as a kid. Yes, yes, you fucking I did. Had you had a Barney. Yep. My, yep. my, like, kid blankie was actually a towel that had Barney on it. Yes. Uh, that, I loved I, I fucking Barney. remember that shit, dude. I... <laughs> 93 um, was Power Rangers. Which yep. I, my brother and I did do Power Rangers, I think in 95, maybe. I like 95s. <laughs> there you go, Lloyd Christmas, Harry Dude. And, yeah, dude, the fucking, oh man, Dumb and Dumber, that movie's beautiful. 98 is Ghostface. 96 was Spice Girls, that's hilarious. Yeah, Katie, Ghostface. Check out 2000. Britney Spears! My very first concert ever. 2001 is not surprising at all either. So Harry Potter and Hermione Granger. 2005 is Darth Vader, which means that Darth Vader is the only one to have two top-selling years. And that's all it goes to is 2005. There's probably more updated ones, but that was just the one I found. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted yeah. to share that because that was fun. Captain Jack Sparrow was in t- 2003. Anyways, yeah, that oddly, was fun. Oddly enough, like a vampire wasn't on there at all. 
Ja. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and then as a last note, before we close this out, Doherty has made it known that he will never reveal or create an origin story for Sam. In his interview with Nerdist that I mentioned earlier and will cite later, Doherty is asked if there was a I'm sorry, here's a hiccup. If there was any horror villain origin story reveal that didn't ruin the overall effect of the monster, which I agree happens a lot, that like when mm-hmm. they start going back and doing origins, you're like, oh, that ruins it for me. <laughs> like he's not as cool yeah. as I thought. Uh, but his answer was Fry, uh, sorry, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street. And he said his origin story actually worked because it made him scarier. Uh, and if they had just left it at the idea that he was an awful human who harmed children and then got murdered and then became a dreamwalker thing then it was it would have been beautiful but then what ruined it was that they added more and more layers such as him making a deal with the dream demons and blah 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 blah. but i agree with that like his original origin story made him creepier yes and that's it that's all i got so that's trick or treat for you i hope jeepers creepers never gets an origin story nope sam doesn't need one just like santa like we don't really need an origin story for those uh yeah that's all i got possession movies they kind of have to have an origin story because i like the idea of like knowing how the ghost died kind of a thing that's cool agree but in annabelle i think the origin story for that's cool where it's like the cult of ram what i hated is when they showed the face of the demon i didn't like that as much i liked it when it was just like the spirit walking around as annabelle that was fucking creepy i agree but yep that's it that's the end there you go that's trick or treat go watch it if you haven't i don't know why you're watching it if you haven't or listening to this if you haven't but it's i love that movie so much i will always love that movie i'll be honest i don't love it but it was good i'm don't regret having watched it. I love it. <laughs> but that's why we're doing this. Two different minds. Yeah. So. And. I don't know what we're doing next. We haven't talked about it. So if you have one you want to do, uh, let us know. You can do that by emailing us at. Catswitchhats at gmail.com. Or sending us a DM or posting on anything on our Instagram. It's uh, horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. And in the meantime, we would love to see your cats. I'd love to hear about your decorations, your Halloween experiences, and see pictures of your things. Cats. <laughs> your costumes and your cats in costumes if you did that and they like it. The- Consensual yeah. costuming is key. Consensual cat costuming. CCC. Yes, we're gonna start a a movement. There's an there's another shirt. Consensual, Consensual cat costuming. <laughs> yes. Oh, so I have a cricket. So expect some giveaways to come up because we did not do our any our second. I know. I'm sorry. Giveaway. Um, but I think we're gonna try and do some new things. And yeah. Our next 30-minute episode is going to be the one we promised ages ago and never did, which is the music horror scene, horror music scene or something. Yes, we got a couple of uh, really good things on there, so. 
it'll be fun. It'll be a fun little 30 minute one. That'll be one that I would want to continue on because it's, there's so much to see. Anyways, anyways, it's coming up sometime later. <laughs> anyways, consensual cat costume. Aww.